Hi, listener. Welcome to the More Than Me podcast with your host, Becky Harrington, sharing stories of women who decided to move outside of themselves and claim a higher purpose because together we are more. In each episode, we'll dig deep into stories of women who shed their fear and shame so that they could claim their higher purpose. Each week, you'll leave inspired, free from the shoulds that have been bringing you down and prepared to walk ahead towards your bright purpose. Experience a community that has forged a path before you and discover that you're not alone. Hi, listener. This is the More Than Me podcast, and I am your host, Becky Harrington, and I want you to join me each week as we discover the triumphant stories of women who decided to have more for their lives and accept their purpose. This is a podcast for women who have a deep longing in their hearts, crave community, and are ready to step out in faith. So I want you to welcome, um, this week I am joined with a really special lady who I have been dying to have on this podcast for you. We've been talking about her at More Than Me on our Instagram page, Facebook, everywhere we can. Uh, Private conversations have been happening about this lady. She just hosted our members Zoom call uh, last week, uh, or this week, I guess. If you're listening to it, it's last week, but it was yesterday for Courtney and I. And she is Dr. Courtney Baker. She's the CEO of Kids Care Home Health. She's the host of the Women in Business podcast. She's been featured on a whole bunch of major news networks. She's got a a doctorate in leadership. Um, That doctorate and her research and her dissertation catapulted her into further research surrounding why women weren't showing up in the top levels of leadership. And she's here today to share her four reasons uh, women are being held back from advancing their careers. And this is such important information for us. There is so many actionable items that you're going to be able to take from this information today. So we're so excited to have her. As always, though, we like to start off with a little intro um, to our guest and also just a, some fun facts on how we, w- we went from internet um, strangers to internet besties. <laughs> so Dr. Courtney, will you please say hello to the More Than Me audience? Hey, y'all. There's my, my little Texas twang. Hello, More Than Me audience. I am Courtney. And it is such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me with you today. So uh, we have a, a kind of an interesting on-road. I was, I, uh, Dr. Courtney and I both belong to these like Facebook groups that are just groups of podcasters. Uh, both Dr. Courtney and I are podcasters. So I help launch podcasts. I work in podcasting a lot uh, with a lot of different kinds of podcasters. She has a very popular podcast and she's interested in. So these Facebook groups are really just to stay on top of like what's changing in our industry. Are there new tools out there? Um, And so I actually was on there because I was looking to do some interviews with people who had been podcasting for a long time. So I just was like, Hey, you guys are all podcasters. I'm looking for doing some interviews with people who have been podcasting for a long time. And Dr. Courtney messaged me and was like, hi, uh, yeah, I would love to. Oh, and by the way, what is all this other stuff that you're involved in? <laughs> so we just kind of started chatting over Facebook Messenger, right? Yeah, it was. And then we took our conversation to Zoom because I was like, let's just do this. Like, 
let's cut the cut to the chase. And so then we, I mean, we had a long conversation like for mm-hmm. complete strangers who are, you know, now BFFs. So. Yeah. We had a kindred spirit. And then uh-huh. from there, I started talking to Tiffany. I met this woman on, on a podcast group. She's awesome. <laughs> Why aren't we <laughs> friends with her? Uh, so we brought Tiffany into the mix and that relationship has resulted in, uh, you know, you leading one of our zoom calls for our members. And just, I know that there's more to come, um, for this relationship. So it's, we always love to talk about how, if you're feeling alone and you feel like, gosh, I don't have any women who who think the way that I do or who are excited about Jesus or who are passionate about taking their lives to the next step. Like, I don't know where to find these women. Like I'm telling you they're on the internet (laughs) and all you have to do is say hello and then say, can we have a phone call? So we're, we're all about community here. We're all about um, helping you claim your community because we think it's so, so important that you have women in your life who are challenging you, championing, championing you. Um, and so that kind of leads me into, we just announced October 4th that we're going to be in Orange County. We're going to be doing our next more than me event in Orange County. Um, we're co-hosting it with Tanya, who you just heard this last week, and she is going to be co-hosting the event for us. Uh, so please start making plans October 4th, Orange County, I don't care where you are, tell your husband that he's got to learn how to do some chores because you are going away for a long weekend with the girls and you're going to reconnect with your your purpose. You're going to find women who want to be all in with you and it's totally worth it. So go to morethanme.com. You can actually get information about that event now. It's up there on the events page. Also, if you are not a member, you missed out this week because Dr. Courtney brought the rain. She she's gonna she's gonna try and give you some of that information today, but it's nothing like the Zoom environment where we're doing more of a training environment. So please go on to the website. Again, um, if you are interested in connecting with Dr. Courtney about what she's talking about today, all of the links to her, to connect with her will be on your show description of whatever app you're using to listen. That is, I I have to get all my housekeeping out of the way because we are going to have a discussion and this is going to be a unique episode. I think it'll be a a little bit longer than our normal episodes. And I'm not going to talk very much after this because there's too much good things that this woman has to say. So Dr. Courtney, I want you to just kind of on ramp into who you are, your background, how you came about being um, in the the possessor of the knowledge that you have and also to share about the burr under your side that is about helping women overcome and remove the idea about the glass ceiling so okay. take it away okay well um so i started my journey into adulthood as a single teenage mom and uh had my son six months after i graduated high school and remember when all my friends were going off to college and I was going to work double shifts at a um, little restaurant called Black Eyed Pea in Dallas. And um, I was also going to the Medicaid office and get food stamps. And um, fast forward through a uh, failed marriage for about almost three years 
And uh, during that time, I put myself through college. Well, I was in the process of putting myself through college. And I was had moved away from all my family, and I was in Illinois, and I got my undergrad and then graduate degree in communication disorders and sciences, which is just fancy for speech pathology. And um, moved home after that and brought my soon-to-be, at that point, he was, he was my fiance. We'll call him a fiance. Um, and then we decided that we were going to get married and um, got married and then right away started a new job and um, loved what I did, but really didn't love who I was working for and was openly told ridiculously and constantly that all employees were replaceable. So um, I decided right then that I was going to start my own business. And um, I was 28, 27, 28. And um, yeah, so I started my own company. It was right after September 11th. I was four months pregnant, a week and a half off from maternity leave. And then um, opened my company October 27th, 2003 with 10 little patients and me. I was the only therapist. I did have a partner at the time, but she wasn't a therapist. And um, yeah, we were the little company that could. And through a creative marketing scan, scan uh, concept that I had, it wasn't a scam. It was just a creative marketing genius guerrilla marketing idea. We grew like crazy. And today, Kids Care Home Health is, um, we have about 550 employees. We've served over 45,000 children with special needs all over Texas and Colorado, and we just branched into Idaho. Wow. So, uh, and we'll have a link to that. I mean, so in addition to, uh, you know, going and getting your, your master's and then your PhD, you just sort of like became the CEO of a massive company <laughs> and still, you are still, what is your role there today? So today I'm CEO and uh, chairman of the board, but actually in 2012, so I think of entrepreneurs, they're either builders or sustainers, and I'm a builder and I get bored in the sustaining phase. So in 2012, I went back to school to get my doctorate because I had been, you know, this, this 19 year old mom. And at that point, didn't really feel like my dreams were ever going to be realized. And yeah, I mean, I'd accomplished a lot, but I still wanted to go back and get my doctorate degree. And so things at the company were really good. And I transitioned out of the daily operations and committed my next, you know, however long to getting my doctorate in leadership at or in organizational leadership, which is leadership for companies at Pepperdine and um, finished in 2015. Um, I actually graduated the day of my graduation was the same day my son graduated from college, the one that I had um, at 19. So I missed my graduation to go to his. But oh my gosh. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> I mean, that's what mamas do. And it was wonderful and amazing. And um, so anyway, my uh, research 
when I was in school was focused on, I looked around and I thought, you know, I'm a woman, I'm in healthcare, I'm a CEO. And healthcare, I found in the research was 75% female, but at the top levels of leadership, only 11% of women were CEOs in healthcare. And I looked and I was like, why if we have this huge pool of for resource to move into that top levels of leadership, what's holding women back? And that became my research question. What are the obstacles and challenges women go through when climbing the corporate ladder? And I researched, um, interviewed women all over the U.S. and I, I interviewed CEOs, CFOs, chief medical officers, and chief nursing officers. And I found that there were four main challenges that they went through when advancing their careers. And I, I looked at those four challenges and I said, this isn't specific to healthcare. This is gender specific, not industry specific. And so um, I had that theory, but I love the research process and I'm a glutton for punishment. So I was like, I'm gonna go research this now. And so I did. I looked at um, women at all different levels of their careers in all different industries. And the, the, what I found was that, in fact, those are specific to being women and not the industry you're in. And so there were four main challenges. But then, then I found two things that really, three things that really just set my, gave me a burr in my side. And one of them was um, the, the workforce is 50% female. And then at mid-level management, there are 50, women are 50% of the workforce. But at the top levels of leadership in all industries, women in the S&P 500 make up less than 5%. So healthcare was actually ahead of the curve. And then I found an article in the New York Times in 2015, and the headline read, fewer women run big companies than men named John. And that pissed me off. And then I found research done by McKinsey and Company, along with Lean In, that said, at the rate we're going from 2012 to 2015, we are 25 years away from gender equality at the senior VP level. And then just yes, and you, you may already know the answer, but we are more than now, we are more than 100 years away from gender equality at the C level. And, and that pissed me off. And I said, that's not good enough for me. So what can I do today? to help women live into their purpose and walk in um, what we're called to do. And I, I worked for five years in publishing and uh, <clears throat> I worked for a medium sized publisher and all of the statistics that you just said would 100% apply to the business that I was working in for five years that, that 75% of that company was probably female. Um, and that when it came to mid-level management, um, 
maybe 25% were mid-level managers. And then when it came to the top, maybe 1%. (laughs) Mm. Um, And yeah, I often wondered why that was as well. And I, I spent five years there just working my tail off and not getting anywhere. There was no, there was no inclination that I would ever move up. Actually, there was no indication to me, um, at any point in time that I was ever going to move past where I was. Um, and that as an, as an ambitious person, and also a person who has always had an entrepreneurial mindset, Um, that was a really rough five years of my life. I've actually never, ever in my life been in a place where I just stayed (laughs) in the same place without moving forward. So I particularly gravitated on to your research and some of the things that you said, it was like, ouch, I've got to take responsibility for that. I think I can see how I was holding my own self back. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's get into some of those, those, those four things. Um, I think that these things actually also apply to entrepreneurs. Oh, sure. Because you're holding your own business back with some of these things. So I think it's really important. Like if you've been just hustling, right? We're like, I'm a hustler, <laughs> right? Yeah, we wear that like a badge. Yeah, we wear it like a badge. Um, you're hustling, but you're not getting anywhere. I think that even in your own business, this, these things are things you need to like boss yourself into. <laughs> so, yeah. so let's, let's dig into the first thing that you found, which is to me, not the most shocking, but mm-hmm. so what was the first thing you found? So the first of the challenges that women reported was family obligations, family obligations. It's, it's a no brainer. You know, when you're growing a family and advancing a career, it's like a, a seesaw, you know, whoever came up with work-life balance, never, they're delusional. I mean, it's, it's a work-life blend. You know, you have to give and take if you want to do both. And um, of the women that I talked to, 100% of them who had children talked about how it was a struggle to grow their careers while they were balancing um, their family life at at the same time. And, um, according to time diary studies for every one hour, a man does housework or childcare, a woman does 1.7 hours. So nearly double the amount that a man does. This is not surprising to me because I worked on a team and there was only one guy on our team team, our smaller team, we had leaders that were over us that were men, but like on our, our working team, there was only one um, guy out of the six of us. And almost every day, if not multiple people every day had to leave early, go do something in the middle of the day, come in late because of some childcare or household need that was going on. The plumber's coming. So I'm going to be in late. I've got to go pick up my son from daycare and take him to my mom's house at like at one, I've got to do this every single day. There was something like that going on our, on our team. And never once can I remember a time that it was the guy Mm -hmm. and he had two kids as well. 
And, and, and if I think of all of the male leaders at the company, I never heard them once say, well, I got to end this meeting early because I got to go take my kids here or there. And so when you say that, I kind of chuckle because I'm like, I didn't, I probably didn't even realize that that was happening. It was so normal in the everyday and everyday environment. And luckily we worked for a company that championed family. And so that was not a problem. Like nobody was in trouble for that. It was very allowed and it was, you know, very expected. And, and they trusted us to, you know, put in an extra hour at home if we needed to. We, we got our jobs done and we were a high functioning team. So nobody was upset about that. But, but yeah, does it hold you back? I absolutely, because it's like, if you're expected to lead, well, can we count on you to be there all the time when we need you? Because you're always having to shuffle things around, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that would be my perception. So I, I totally gravitated towards that. I was like, that is one, that's 100% true. Yeah. And when you think about it, it's like the, if you're up for a promotion at the exact same time Joe is, you're, they're obviously going to pick someone who isn't going to leave for soccer practice, you know, every five minutes, you, you know, I mean, it, it's unconscious bias, but it permeates our workforce. Yeah. And, and the, the real question is, um, so in my particular situation, my ex-husband, he, he owned, we owned a landscaping company. And so he made his own schedule and he could ease, he probably had, and he, most of his work was in the town that we lived in. I had to travel to a different town for work, but most of the time, if there was the plumber needs to come or something, I was the one who took time out of my day. <laughs> I don't know why that was because he had a more flexible schedule, but it was still expected that I was going to do that. So part of it is, is on us. I think, why is it that we aren't having these conversations at home and saying, honey, I can't get ahead at my job because of all these things. What can we do to manage that? Because if I could stop doing these things, then I think I would be actually better suited for the promotion. Absolutely. And it's having creative ways to say, you know, babe, you want to know when you are the sexiest, when you're doing the dishes, you know, and like planting those seeds for him to go, oh, you know, but yeah. when you do that, it totally turns the, the whole conversation. If you come at him from a, you never do, you know, that that's not going to work. Yeah. But how can you make it? So it's basically, and I hate win-win, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Honey, I think I could provide a lot better for us if we figured out how to balance some of these responsibilities better. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't it be great? Yeah. Wouldn't it be great if I was making 20% more than I am now? Like how much would that change our lives? What can we do to make that happen? Men are so driven differently, <laughs> right? Like I agree. So, so then there was, what was the next thing that came up? The next one is limited advancement opportunities and whether it be because of a certain women had reached a certain age or they'd plateaued in their career where they were or because they needed to go back to school to get ahead and they couldn't because they were too busy going to soccer practice or the plumber was coming, you know, and balancing it all. The, the, so limited advancement opportunities was actually a lot, and I can't remember the data off the top of my head, but it was 
there were, it was pretty significant. I would say like 70 to 80% of the women talked about having how that had been a factor in their um, advancement. Can I just say something about that though? Sure. I have to say, and you can totally disagree with me. That's fine. Cause you're way smarter than I am, but no, I would, <laughs> I'm going to disagree with you on that one. I, I see a lot of people not taking responsibility for their own careers and sitting and waiting for someone to come and take responsibility for it. Um, they're waiting for their supervisor to say, Hey, Becky, I think it's time we started talking about advancement or if if they're truly, if you have had the conversation with your supervisor, you've gone and spoken to HR, you've taken advantage of any like leadership training opportunities that they have, and there's still nothing, this ain't the only company out there. And a lot of times the comfort that we feel of staying where we are and not making a change overrides our ability to go after something new. And I have seen this in myself and in a lot of my friends where it's like, well, I know that XYZ company down the road is hiring for this position, but you know, I really like my parking spot here and I, I've got the commute time down. And if we made a change, it would be three months of having to put my head down and learn the job and not take any time off. And I, I'd have to reset my PTO, like, right? Like we have all these conversations and I just feel like women, we are, you are in charge of your own career. Absolutely. And there's no way I would ever disagree with that. We, yes. What is that saying? The devil, you know, is scarier than the angel. You don't. Yeah. It's, it's complacency and it's comfort. And it's one of the reasons we are held back. Yep. I would say an on uh, entrepreneurs are no different either. Like you, maybe there's a big job that you aren't going after because you're afraid that you won't get it. <laughs> we do that too, right? Like, well, that's too big. What if I couldn't do it? What if I got it and then I couldn't do it? So I'm just not going to apply for it at all. Right. So we're, we're afraid, we're afraid of that. So I, I, anyways, let's go on to the third one because we got to get through some juice here. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the third challenge was gender-based discrimination. And I, I, completely went into my research thinking that this was going to be the main culprit that we were, you know, up against the, what I thought was the good old boys club. And there are definitely instances of the good old boys club and he's still out there rubbing his belly, laughing at his own jokes. And I call him Baba and we've all dealt with some Babas in our lives. And yeah, I mean, when you think about it, women have not been in leadership roles that long ago. I mean, think of the movie nine to five. How long ago was that? It was in the eighties. Yep. And in the grand scheme of things, Bubba is not happy about us being in the sandbox because he's, we're, we're new. We're the new kid on the block and it's going to take some time. But I think what you also said was that, you know, there are stereotypes that women go through um, when we do act like leaders and the result of that stereotype is 
often miss evaluated. I mean, when you think of like, when women act like strong, skilled and effective leaders, we get a not so bad rap or a not so good rap. Actually. Some four letter words get thrown at us or five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I've definitely had experiences of that as well. Um, and some of it, I think I had to learn to take on my own. Like I, I got coined at one point in my career as bulldozer Becky <laughs> because, yeah. because, um, it was, it was a twofold problem. One, I was often, I was the person in the company that was brought in for something new or when something was going wrong. And when something was going wrong, it meant they asked me for a series of a period of time to go onto a team where nobody knew me and nobody really understood why I was there. And, and I was told if you don't turn this product around in three months, then we're going to have to OP this product and the team goes with it. And so oftentimes I was under an enormous amount of pressure to find a way to save sometimes an even an entire department of people. And, and those people didn't really like that I was there and bringing in new ideas or questioning what was being done. And they weren't maybe told enough why I was there. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's on leadership, but also (laughs) I think because I would feel so much sense of urgency, I wouldn't take the time to build relationship and trust before I came in and was like a wrecking ball. Like, oh, this has got to go. We've got to change this. We need a new message for that. I wouldn't take the time to foster the relationships that I need to. And I think we do that sometimes as women. Like we're not, maybe we don't understand that respect is earned and that, instead of demanded. Well, yeah. 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 I mean, for sure. And, you know, I think when you, when you go in with the idea that that's your job and you have to do it to have a different landscape of, well, let me take the time to really build this team. I mean, if you're set up in that kind of instance, it's like, well, why am I building this team? Cause they're going to be out, you know? <sighs> So it's, that's, that's a hard spot to be in, but you know, one of the other things is that not just men and stereotypes were responsible for holding women back. It was actually more often than not, it was women who (laughs) were set up to um, not support and sabotage other women in the workforce. Yep. I got to take, this is where I really felt like, yeah, I got to take some responsibility. I think that we, in, I think that I have personally participated in this for far too long because it is a scarcity mindset, whether it was in the company that I worked in, or even as an entrepreneur, you go to a networking event, right? They go around the room and they introduce people and someone says, oh, I'm so-and-so and I'm from such and such marketing. And my immediate response is, oh, I'm pulling myself back from that person because they're in, they're, they're in competition. What if people like them more than they like me? What if that person's more competent than I am? And I participated in that mindset for a long time. And um, just recently, because of you and just all of this kind of shift in my mind, um, 
have started being like, hey, you're a marketer, me too. Let's go have drinks. I bet we have the same challenges. Yeah. And uh, amazing friendship and amazing opportunity has grown from that. It's been incredible. It's been absolutely I incredible. Love that. <sighs> yeah. Because, and, and this isn't like an us versus them, you know, men versus women. Let's dominate. You know, I'm not about that. I'm, I'm definitely rational. And I just want the best in leadership to rise to the top. And, and you know, the thing is when you're building those relationships, there's so much you gain and value you have from that experience that, you know, if you go to women and you're like, Hey, I'm playing football. You want to play football? Let's play football. You know, instead of this, I'm going to take you down and you're on the same team. Yep. We are on the same team. Let's act like it. Let's act like teammates yeah. instead of opponents. And I have to share with you. Um, so one girl here in uh, Bend, Oregon, we're in the same networking group. We both do marketing. We both do almost very similar. I mean, marketing is so specialized. Like obviously I have some specialties that she doesn't have or whatever, but from, from the general populace, they, they could hire her or me. And we have, I just, both of us have decided to just be all in for each other. Like we go, if she's hosting a class, I attend. If I'm hosting a class, she attends. Like we, we, we cheerlead each other on. And she hosts these uh, small business marketing coaching groups. And um, as just for small businesses, it's a lower cost option for them. If they can't afford one-on-one -on -one consulting strategy, they can join a group. And she's actually asked me on multiple occasions to host and train her coaching group because the relationship that we have built and the trust that we have built is so strong now that um, she, she's, she sees it as adding value to what she's doing to have me be there. And that would never have happened if we had decided to, you know, not be vulnerable and hold each other back and try and be competitive. And, um, I just, I think this is something that as women in all areas of our life, we really need to work on. Mm -hmm. I call it, do you want to wrestle or do you want to play football? Like, yeah. come on, come on, let's play football, you know? And, and I just, the, there's so much power in that. And the other thing is that marketers or, or coaches or whatever, there are clients that they can't accept. So who's mm -hmm. she going to refer to? Yep. And you vice versa. Yep. You know, it's just, there's so much power and collaboration. Yep. Yep. And I don't know if you know this, but, uh, my, I recently took on a business partner and it all came out of this, um, Hillary, who's also part of the, part of the core team for more than me, one of the speakers, we just started, we, we first just started talking about, well, what if we collaborated on a project together? And then what happened is we started actually going after clients together and we won them because we were doing it together. We wouldn't have won them on our own. And then after a, a few months of doing that, we went and spent some time together and decided to combine our businesses. And neither of us needed to do that. We had both built six figure businesses and could have gone on and been successful, but we're so much better together. And it has grown opportunity 
and we're getting twice as much done. We're covering twice as much ground now. And so, um, so it's just, I, I think that that last component is something that we really got to double down on ladies. Like we got to double down on it. What, what area of your life are you being competitive with someone else instead of collaborating? And, mm-hmm. and how much more would that do for you? Yeah. So mm, I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's awesome. I love, and I'm proud of you because that's not easy Mm-mm. when that's your, you know, you, when your underlying position and, and mindset is scarcity. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, it all boiled down to the fourth challenge that the research found. And that was that 50% of women at the C level that I talked to, talked to me, a complete stranger about how they lacked confidence. Mm. And then when I took that research and talked to women at all different levels and in all different industries, that number rose to nearly 80%. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So that makes complete sense. And when you look at all four of the challenges, that's your common denominator. Why women don't stand up for their careers or why they don't go to their husbands and say, hey, I need help. We're partners in this and I need your help. Or why they look at women as competitors. Or, you know, why they're trying, you know, even if you think of something and you don't hear about this as much. I'm sure it's still out there, but you know, people sleep in their way to the top because they don't think that they're worth it on their own merit. You know what I love about almost every single one of these things, Courtney, is almost every single one of these things is actually solved in community. Mm-hmm. Like we are, you can get, if you are a single mom and you don't have a spouse to rely on, like your community can help you figure some of this out. Like maybe you're a mom who has more time than another mom, like, and you can do the carpool or you can fill in, um, for another woman. Uh, I think collaboration happens in community confidence and borrowing belief from other people happens in community. And, um, I think that uh, most of these things, maybe other than Bubba, we can't, we actually can't solve for Bubba. He has to go away on his own. We cannot control him. But you can't go to a different company if the Bubba is holding you back. Absolutely. And you can get, you don't have to be against everybody. If you have, you know, football team players in the office that can help you stand up against the Bubbas. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe you guys need to go as a team to do that. Mm-hmm. Well, Thank you so much. This has been an incredible conversation and one that we all need to hear. Um, I would just say if, if you're listening to this and one or all four of these resonated with you, you know, this is the community aspect. I really do think that that community is one that helps us solve a lot of problems. Women coming together to tackle something <laughs> it gets done. (laughs) We know how to get things done, especially when we do it together. So uh, join us in Orange County. Come join the membership of More Than Me because this is what we're all about. If you want to know what More Than Me is, well, there you go. This is what we're all about. We, we want to see this, these four problems go away and be eliminated um, for you and for every woman out out there. Um, 
So please join us. Thank you so much for joining us on the More Than Me podcast, sharing stories of women who decided to move outside of themselves, claim a higher purpose because together we are more. Um, next week, we'll have another great episode with, uh, she is a radio show talent um, and she has been featured on all kinds of awards. Her name is Rika and she's going to be talking to us about creating opportunity when you're single. So for all the single ladies, come join us next week. Please leave us a review on iTunes or Google Play. Again, you can find out more about this movement in more detail on themorethanme.com. This is episode 15 and we'll talk to you next time. Bye.